everyone, this is Scott Baradell with MarTech Talk. And uh, today we're gonna be talking about customer loyalty marketing. And I can't think of any company that's uh, more of an authority on this space than Briarly and Partners. Been around since the mid 80s and uh, some of the most iconic and long lasting loyalty programs in the country uh, are a product of their uh, imaginations. And uh, we have for over 17 years, uh, Bill Swift has been the CTO and uh, he's executive vice president of uh, Briarly. And uh, we're very uh, excited to have you to chat with today. Hi, Bill. Hi, thank you, Scott. Nice to be here. Great. Well, I tell you what, you know, from my art, my standpoint in the, you know, the PR agency space, uh, one of the hottest topics in PR and marketing has been for the last couple of years, uh, customer advocacy and how important customer advocacy is today because, you know, these days uh, people are doing their research online in deciding who they want to buy from, whether it's B2C or B2B. And in many cases, they're not uh, going to your website to find out about you. They're, they're looking at online reviews and they're going to other places to see what your customers say about you. And to create customer advocates, which um, you know, increasingly are the engine of growth for companies, you first have to build loyal customers. And Briarly obviously has been um, at the forefront of customer loyalty for many years. And uh, maybe as we kind of, before we kind of talk about where all this is going, we can talk a little bit about kind of how it started. So uh, Bill, can you just kind of share the kind of the origin story of Briarly and, uh, and kind of where you guys started and how you've gotten to where you are today? Sure. Uh, the company was founded by Hal Briarly, uh, and Hal was a consultant uh, at American Airlines in the very in the mid '80s. To help uh, one of the one of the external consultants that helped design the Advantage program, and so soon after that, he started Briarly and Partners. And in the very beginning, uh, back then especially, it was a consultancy that was was purely focused on on program design, marketing strategy, and, and and really the consultative aspect of what should the program look like and how should it operate. And even in the early days back then, he acquired a creative agency in LA, understanding the importance of, of how do you bring these things to life and how do you communicate to the customer base on the, the value proposition and reason you should join such a program. So it kind of started back then, and for quite a while, it was um, it operated in that space. When I when I started in early 2000 2001, uh, the company really didn't have much execution uh, in terms of technology and platform capability. So how uh, really rightly so back then saw that there was an opportunity to not only design these programs but to run them over time. And we have had some clients now that have been clients of ours for, for over 25 years. And in the program design and the consultative aspect of the evolution of the, the program is a cyclical um, evolution. Any successful loyalty program actually has to evolve over time. So the, the strategic aspect of that is still really important, 
but as a company, the, the uh, operational aspect, the technology platform, the analytics that, that go on top of these to programs to make sure that they're uh, returning the, the investment that, that our clients expect and, and how to really get, gather insights from the data to educate on where the program should go next has been the, the focus of our evolution since I started across uh, technology and analytics. And you mentioned some some very long-standing customers. What are what are some of the the brands that have been with you the longest? Uh, Hertz was probably the longest, and started with a, a program design exercise and um, with focus groups and listening to the customer and what they really wanted from the program. And and back then, is actually you know people didn't necessarily want points and rewards. And so as we get into kind of where we are currently in the future. Um, it really isn't about points and rewards. It's about, it's, and, and even back then it was about customer experience and, and trying in the, the very early variations of that program really focused on getting people in their car quicker so they didn't have to wait in line. And it was really around the customer experience. They, they introduced points and rewards later. Um, and, and, you know, so that's become part of the holistic solution there, but, do you think that um, in the in the all the, the race to uh, to have points and rewards of, and things like that that um, some companies maybe um, forget about um, you know the the idea that uh, uh, it being part of uh, a kind of a, a customer experience uh, being enhanced being its own reward that's what I think of when I think of the the Hertz program uh, more than the number of points you get it's it's how they show appreciation for loyal customers do you feel like um uh sometimes uh companies lose sight of that what 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 absolutely yeah absolutely and and i'm certainly not the strategy guy but you can say that that core value proposition around if i do this i get that is kind of table stakes but it's really how you make the customer feel the emotional connection they get with the brand is is their experience with the brand uh, smoother? Are they recognized differently? There's personalization uh, aspects that flow into that. Is um, you know we talk about voice of the customer and getting feedback from the customer. It's actually paying attention to that those responses that you get and treating those people differently based on the way they responded. So our strategy team, for example, will have focus groups and many of the people in the room don't even remember how many points they get for what uh, types of activities, but, but they always remember if it makes them feel differently. And it kind of, some of that bleeds into the, some of that was there in the origins and even early programs like Hertz, but the customer experience and the, the engagement component of that, the communication strategy that goes with these programs, the personalization, they're all part of our, our current core capabilities, but they continue to be really important as you, as you drive uh, any program forward and into the future. Mm -hmm. How have things changed over the last uh, few years with the impact of social media, chat, this, uh, you know, customers, every customer, not just the premium customers or customers in a loyalty program expect instant answers and instant uh, satisfaction uh, when they have a, a problem now or they'll blast it all over social media that you screwed up. How does, uh, how does, does Briarly, um, you know, adapted to or change with that 
world and uh, how, how do you help your, your uh, customers to uh, uh, address, uh, you know, a, a universe where everyone is expecting is giving instantaneous feedback and wanting instantaneous results? The instant gratification aspect of that has, uh, th there's no doubt, everyone expects everything to be in real time, whether it's a complaint or um, on the positive side of that, if they've, if they've elevated into a different tier status or they've unlocked rewards or completed a challenge that they, that they get um, uh, rewarded for, um, the consumer base and customers in general expect everything to be immediate. And we started that, that journey many years ago with some of our programs were the first, I think, to, to have that real-time, uh, hardcore kind of real-time integration in the stores and with e-com. And um, not, again, not just transaction processing and points, but in terms of triggering uh, communications, if, when, if people are triggering uh, customer satisfaction surveys, in fact, and, and if they answered those a certain way that to, to help facilitate an immediate uh, response uh, from our clients. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the real-time aspect of that will just continue to uh, proliferate. In terms of social, we had some early success with social listening integration. And what actually people would get points for that activity across Instagram and Twitter and other channels. Um, but we would treat um, um, advocates differently. And based on cloud score and other uh, inputs that you can get from those social channels, they become attributes within our system. So if, um, uh, if they are an advocate of the brand and they have uh, either a positive story or, or a complaint, we can, we can route them differently and treat them differently and our rules can actually trigger differently based on those characteristics of the, of the customer's profile. So you're factoring in not only, or, or you could factor in not only uh, that someone's a customer advocate, but that they have more social media influence than another customer. And that could factor in to the equation as well. Is it, you know, it's kind of like, where does the customer advocacy end and influencer marketing begin in, in a way? Yeah, we, we, we still obviously have the traditional segmentation and, 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 um, predictive models to, to treat uh, people differently in, in terms of those broad groupings. Um, but the advocacy and across and, and social input and the, the clients that do have the rewarding for social, uh, it's just another way that we can append that um, classification to those members' profiles at a very individual basis. This individual member is, um, uh, maybe have this many followers in a certain um, social uh, uh, channel mm -hmm. versus broader segmentation that was historical prior to that. Right. We talked a little bit about um, your offering. Can you kind of, for, for those unfamiliar with uh, your solutions, can you, can you talk about uh, broadly um, what Briarly offers to uh, its clients? Sure. Um, our platform is called Loyalty on Demand, so that's our core kind of uh, product offering. We become essentially the system of record for membership um, or programs. You don't have to have points, by the way. It's at a kind of a macro level. We're tracking customer behavior, which could be purchase behavior, it could be engagement behavior, 
Uh, it could really be anything. And we have a rules engine that's monitoring that customer behavior and depositing scores and credits and points and miles and, and uh, a currency essentially into each individual member's account. Um, and again, they don't have to be points, but quite often then that currency that's being accrued triggers rewards or things that they've earned or benefits. Uh, it could be badges or tier levels. Um, uh, without points, you can trigger rewards, which could be coupon discount-based rewards. They could be rewards that the customer selects from a catalog, experiential rewards. It could be a trip. Um, so kind of at a macro level, if you think about customer profile, um, they're opting into something. It's, it, it's different than what I would call traditional database marketing. There is a program, if you will, that they're joining or a club and they're agreeing for us to, to track that activity so they can ultimately can get something. But um, so that, that's what it really our platform's all about. And I think if, if, um, if you look at loyalty and, and one thing that we've always done is loyalty is, is part of a broader ecosystem of marketing technology and delivery. And it's really a subset of broader uh, CRM initiatives. And, and so when we look at any of our clients or prospects, we don't just look at it from a loyalty perspective, but if you think about programs that we, that we all participate in, there's, um, there's certainly a communication strategy that comes with it. There's campaign execution. Uh, our customers all have members and non-members. They have integration in the stores. Uh, we have some clients that have 30,000 stores, so lots of um, systems integration. Uh, there's e-com at play, there's call center activity mobile app. So there's a lot of different channels that loyalty is delivered through. And, and so that's a big part of our core offering is to, to not only house these big databases that have a lot of customer information and transactional and engagement information that trigger communications, um, but we expose that uh, through a, a wide array of um, systems integration techniques, including APIs. But uh, include that um, so that information can be leveraged at all of those touch point systems that our clients or their partners own. So as a company, think about we, the, we, we own the core engine, obviously, the databases are behind that. We host it, we support it. Our contracts uh, have um, uh, pretty stringent SLAs in terms of uptime. And um, back to your change question, one thing that certainly changed is loyalty is a mission critical system. And, and you know, in some of our clients, as much as 90% of their transactions are loyalty transactions. So hmm. if there's that, you know, it, it's, it's become 24 seven mission critical. And if something, uh, if there's a bump in the road, it's all hands on deck. So it's, um, but that's what we do as a company. That's what our kind of our product uh, offering looks like and, and what we do from a tech perspective. How does um, loyalty on demand fit? Does it, would you say it's part of a, let's say in the, you have an enterprise client, it's part of their MarTech stack? We have a, a reference architecture diagram that we use quite often that's kind of a more uh, complete uh, view of marketing in general. Yeah. Think about um, uh, display ads and ad tech space and um, CRM campaign execution. Uh, analytics, member, non-member, there's delivery channels, 
email, push, text, direct mail, um, the call center, uh, telemarketing. There's, there, there's kind of the, the, you know, we've all seen those, those MarTech uh, right. maps, if you will. Some of them look like a subway map of right. uh, technologies and partners and, and people that, that contribute. Um, so w- with any loyalty implementation, a lot of those things really come into play. And so the, the loyalty engine does become, to answer your question, a, a subset of that. And the integration in that, in that how does it fit with everything else is, uh, is, is one thing that I think we're really good at. We have a group of solution architects that um, a loyalty conversation may, may start out fairly simplistically in terms of tracking sales and, and uh, issuing rewards, but it has to be connected with the rest of that ecosystem and our clients already have partners and they already have databases. And they, in fact, most of the time, they already have a loyalty program. Uh, so there's, there's competitors in the mix or internal systems. And, um, and, that, and loyalty has to, again, kind of fit in with all that. And there has to be a, a roadmap and a lot of project management and coordination to kind of bring it all together. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it, is there a, uh, a size a company in terms of employees, revenues, number of customers at which that's kind of the, the, the baseline where uh, your solution is a fit for them? Yeah, for sure. Historically, we've focused on enterprise, Fortune 100, Fortune 500 global companies. Uh, we have some more recent uh, clients that are much, much smaller than that. And uh, from a product perspective, uh, we're going to continue to do both. Mm-hmm. How do you serve a smaller, what, what would be a smaller client? Most of our um, clients are mid-market, for example. And um, I'm, I'm curious um, how you're, what you do for, say, a, a mid-market client, um, how you serve them versus, say, Fortune 100. Yeah, the smaller clients with the, the, and there's smaller marketing budgets that, that go with it. It's um, we really try to focus on the core aspects of our solution that are configurable, and so that's really the difference for us. We have enterprise clients that that have a lot of very unique needs, and in um, systems integration with extraneous partners, and and um, and and sometimes we have to augment our core platform to to satisfy that. So our or lower level mid-market kind of clients, as long as their, their program design um, is configurable within our platform, then we can address those needs. But as a company, we'll continue to kind of drive both ends of, of that spectrum. Um, let me just give you a, a mid-market scenario to, to just, uh, that might be common for uh, the kind of companies that we work with or uh, that, that might be reading or watching this, reading our blog, or watching this. Um, let's say you're a, a, a company that's a, a $50 million, $100 million company. Uh, you, you're on Salesforce. You've got a significant sales team uh, using that as your CRM. You might have HubSpot or Marketo as a marketing automation uh, platform. Uh, how does, uh, where do, how does, uh, Briarly's offering is there a fit there for Briarly, uh, and if so, how does it kind of fit into the other the other things? 
Yeah, th there is. And, and we can spin up an instance of our platform in the cloud very quickly. And, uh, and, uh, and we can configure most uh, what you would think of as traditional kind of uh, loyalty artifacts and components in terms of transaction processing and enrollment and rewards issuance uh, very quickly. So we can absolutely uh, compete and be, and be um, competent in that uh, lower market. Since you mentioned enterprise and mid-market, I know that in your role, in addition to being uh, as part of your CTO role, you are looking at product direction, um, uh, which is tied obviously very directly to technology direction. Um, where do you see um, this space going over the next three to five years? How is Briarly going to evolve? And if I could also come, you know, throw in another component of that, I'm curious if that's going to be different in terms of how you evolve towards the mid-market versus the enterprise clients that you serve. Yeah, our product roadmap has elements on that that further enhance our global um, capabilities in terms of um, global clients that, that have, and, and you know, with data privacy regulations and, our, and the architecture of our product is actually changing and evolving to support those massive enterprise clients where they need to keep uh, PII data, for example, in region, but offer a global program. And I could live in the States and go shop in Europe and my experience would be the same, um, but the, the, the deployment is distributed around the world. So our product roadmap has, from one extreme, those types of clients all the way down to what we call uh, loyalty as a service, which is spin it up for a much smaller client and uh, let them configure the platform and operate it and run it over time. So we do have elements of, of both uh, ends of the spectrum on the roadmap and, and uh, currently uh, in progress. The, probably the more innovative kind of evolutionary things that we see happening is, is um, we had early facial recognition uh, capabilities uh, through some partners that we, we actually demonstrated at the IoT conference in Barcelona two years ago. And now we see that more mainstream and so it's really kind of catching on. But just in terms of customer identity and um, catching people in the store before they shop and um, putting uh, not just loyalty offers and, and opportunities in front of them, but um, opting in, appending your profile with your photo and opting into that, that enhanced experience in the store, for example, uh, where we could potentially influence shopping before it uh, before it's checkout time and and uh, redemption and accrual happens. So kind of influencing that behavior. But we were early in that, and I think uh, the, the, the market is ready for that now, for sure. It's it's everywhere. We have programs right now that, that have AR experiences embedded in, in, the, in the app, and, and you get points for engaging in the store and, and going on a little bit of a scavenger hunt to uncover, um, you know, surprises if you will when you get to the end and and you get credit and you get currency and it's another form of engagement um, but we have that currently and we, but we see that continuing it, you know loyalty always has these, these innovative channels that kind of that kind of come around it that that help make that customer experience better mm -hmm. for us a lot of times they become integration points we're not building ar experiences but we can we can help personalize it we know we know a lot about 
the customers, our, of our, our clients' customers, and we know what their preferences are. We know everything they purchased, probably, you know, in some cases for the last 15 or 20 years. Uh, so we have opportunity to drive uh, recommendations and to make those experiences across um, those kind of more bleeding edge ch channels around facial and AR and VR and uh, virtual assistances and, and speaking to Alexa, for example, about, uh, you know, it, 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 I'd love to, you know, putting something in my wish list and I want to use my points to pay for it. And, and just helping kind of enable those, those channels on the periphery to, to be smarter and, and more personal. And loyalty, even if, again, if there aren't any points, the foundation of loyalty helps make those experiences more personal because you've, you've locked in uniquely on individual customers and you can engage with them at those, at those touch points in a more meaningful way. You mentioned Alexa. Have you or have you helped your customers like build Alexa skills or uh, opt for Alexa to this point? A lot of times our clients are kind of thinking of that uh, themselves. And, and so there's a lot of times there's a broader use case that's, that's not just um, I want to use my points to pay for something. So we've become part of the, you know, part of their, their user stories and their user use cases to kind of roll it out in a more holistic way. So, yeah, we, we take those examples to our clients, but then they, 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 they typically step back a little bit and say, well, we don't want to go to market with just that. They're, they're, they start to think more about e-com and, and the potential, uh, how loyalty is part of it. Loyalty is part, part of the experience. It's not the experience. Well, it's amazing to think about how fast things are changing and uh, how, you know, Briarly has, uh, you know, the pace of change, not just changes, but the pace of change in, in recent years and how you guys have stayed abreast of it and stayed on top of it. And uh, you're in an exciting role to be uh, guiding the, the technology and the product direction. Um, so we look forward to seeing what comes next. And uh, Bill, thanks so much for taking the time to share some of your knowledge with us today. Yeah, thank you. It was good. It was fun. Right. Thanks. Take care.